خیلی مشاهده کنم بذاری. Okay. Um, good evening. Thanks for coming. There's always good reason to come. There's always good reason to come and to learn. Um, this week is Parshas Vayetze, and it's interesting how, not with my intention, but I guess by Hashem's choice, um, it's so, meaning Hashem chose, meaning it so happened, Bahashgacha, that uh, both the Monday class and the Thursday class are um, on a subject that relates to very important we're learning on Monday night, we were talking, if you listen to this week's CD, um, it was all about the, the Yerushalayim and the permanence of, the, of Yerushalayim and the Beis Amikdash in Yerushalayim and how Yaakov called the city, Yaakov called it, in the middle here, Yaakov called Yerushalayim Beiskale. And that's... And that's what's going to bring all the nations to come to Yerushalayim and to the Beis Amigdosh, is Dafka because it's called bias. That's what we discussed on Monday night. This mimer also, in the middle of Parshas Vayetze, for whatever reason, as we'll soon see, um, again focuses on the uniqueness of the Beis Amigdosh, Dafka in Jerusalem and Yerushalayim. And that is so important because the world is now, as we spoke about in the Monday class, the tension that's going on we're holding by the fight for Yerushalayim, where, where it seems like there is a challenge against, against the Beis Amikdash being built in Yerushalayim, and now we need to learn, we need to do whatever we can to make, to finalize the Ashra Sashchina in Yerushalayim. So it's really special that we're learning this. Um, I don't think too many people learned this mimer in, in, in uh, <laughs> Bechlal. Um, it's a discourse in Memori Admar Azokin. We finished already all the Memorium in Torah Or on Pashas Vayetze. We recorded them in the previous years. So we're looking always for new things to learn. So uh, again, my hands led me to this book. Um, a mimer from the Alter Rebbe, from Roshnir Zalman of Liadi that we always study. And this one is a beer on Zohar. The Alter Rebbe would say many Memorium um, on Shabbosim, actually a huge chunk of the memorandum of the Alter Rebbe were biure hazayar. He would take a piece of zayar and he would explain it api chasidis. It's interesting that the memorandum that are biure hazayar primarily didn't make it into Torah Oyer and Lakuti Torah, because the Kuti Torah and Torah Oyer were more the simpler memorandum that were more connected to uh, the parsha directly. The memorandum that was a biure hazayar remained in memory Admar Azokin. And being that a lot of times they're pretty complicated, um, no one really touches them. So they sit there and they're unlearned. And I don't know if anybody learned this in the last 50 years. But I'm, I'm just making that up. I'm just guessing. I don't know. I mean, there must be some chachasid who takes it out and learns it. But there's not too many people who studied this. So it's exciting to learn it. Um, now, there's two versions of the mimer. The mimer has one version recorded by the Alter Rebbe's son, the Mittler Rebbe. And that's the first version that's here in the book, Tafkuf Samach Vav. And then there is another version of the writing of the other son of the Alter Rebbe, Rebbe Moshe. The Alter Rebbe had three sons. 
and uh, so the Mittler Rebbe is the oldest son, and his his, his first ver the first version is of him, and and the second version is from Ramosha. Now Ram the, the the version of Ramosha is a little shorter, the version of the Mittler Rebbe is longer. Um, and initially, I was thinking to learn the version of Ramosha because I like uh, we can to shorten things, but um, being that the Mittler Rebbe is a Rebbe, and Ramosha was not a Rebbe. So I had the uh, conclusion that we should learn the Rebbe version. Um, the Mittler Rebbe style was generally more barichos, so you see that a little bit in this, in this discourse. And hopefully it'll flow very nicely. Uh, there are things over here that I don't get, as usual, but when we learn together, maybe we will figure that out. Before we do that, before we begin learning, uh, let's, let's uh, learn, I didn't make copies of it, the little piece of Zayar that he's going to explain. Um, and I lost, not I lost, I know, I took that Zohar somewhere, and I, two weeks ago, and they gave it back to me yesterday, and I forgot it in the same place that they gave it back to me in, in the shul in Young Israel and Melrose. A second time, I forgot it there. So that Zohar is good because it has the Zohar, the Zohar is written in Aramaic, and in a quite difficult Aramaic. So that Zohar has Pirish and Lashon HaKodesh. No Pirish, just in, in, in Lashon HaKodesh, so it's easier to understand. And I couldn't find it. So I have to print out a, a Zohar, two pages from the Zohar in its initial Aramaic form. And therefore, there is a few things that I'm not exactly sure. But enough, we can get enough of an understanding to understand what we're learning over here. The piece of Zohar is referring to something, an episode that happened in the parasha, and that it says that Yaakov went to sleep that night on top of the mountain, and he had the vision with the ladder. Before he went to sleep, it says, He took from the stones of the place. And he put them around his head. He went to sleep on the top of the mountain, he put stones around his head. So Yaakov Avinu was taking the stones and putting it up his head. There must be something um, very meaningful over here. So on that idea that Yaakov put the stones on, by his head, the Zohar brings something related to that idea. But, well, basically, when Yaakov put the stones on, on his head, what he was really doing was, make this one better. Um, what he was really doing was he was building the base of Migdash. That's what he was doing. When Yaakov put his stones around his head, he was building the base of Migdash. That's what it, he, he did it already. Because we know that the uniqueness of the base of Migdash, that's what's going to come out of the whole Maimer. Because when we, you know that the, the, the uniqueness of the Beis Amigdash over all the other homes that God had earlier was that the other homes were made out of tent. They were a tent and they were made out of wood and uh, material like uh, cloth material. The Beis Amigdash was made out of stone. And Hashem comes and dwells in those stones. In the stones of the Beis Amigdash, Hashem was dwelling. Now a stone is the lowest, lowest thing that there is. We know that there's many, many, many worlds and the physical world is the lowest world. After a whole long chain-like progression of endless worlds is the physical world. And in the physical world itself, there is forms of life that show and exhibit more spirit. Like the human being displays more spirit, more spirituality. And then the animal also. It's less than the human being, but you still see an nefesh. Even in a tzomeach, even in a vegetable, you see some kind of a uh, spiritual light, uh, energy. But in a doimim is an inanimate object. All you have is plain, pure matter, which is the lowest, lowest, lowest possible existence, physicality, pure physical. 
pure material. And yet, Hashem chooses to live in this physical. And how was it? And who was the first one to live in the physical? Is Yaakov. When Yaakov puts his head, Yaakov is like Hashem. He's 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 Teferes. Yaakov is, you know, the 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 the, the, the three others, Avram, Yitzhak, and Yaakov. Chesed, Gevurah, Teferes. Teferes is called the body. Teferes is a center. Teferes is called Adam. So Yaakov is a reflection of the Adam Elion of the supernal man. So when Yaakov puts heads, stones around his head, it means that the Shechina and God is coming to dwell in the stones. And he's going to explain what's the Chidush, what's the novelty of this, that Hashem came down to live in the stones. So the Zohar begins an idea like this. Let me begin the Zohar. Pasach Barnash. This man said, V'omar, um, Let me see where the Zohar actually begins with. Hold on, give me a second here. Before. Before Basachahu Banaj. See, I don't have really the whole thing. Okay, Bezoyer Pashas Vayetse. I'm going to fill in from the Zohar over here, but first let's see over here. Bezoyer Pashas Vayetse, we're beginning from, from the beginning of the Mimer. Dafkuf Memzayin Amad Bez. It says, He came to that place. He took from the stones of the place. Until he begins with This one man said like this, and he said, What did the man say? It says in the Pasach, God, Hashem, get up. David HaMelech says, Hashem, get up to your resting place. Ata you zecha and the aron of your strength, the aron of your might. Right. So, kuma Hashem lemnucha secha. So I'm, I'm skipping over here. He doesn't have it, but in the Zohar it says, "Get up to your resting place." Command the Amar Yakum Namalka. Let the king stand up. Lebeinaycha de Mishkane to a place where he can dwell and in a naycha dig away. Naycha means in a calm dwelling. So the Zohar brings train inun the Amru Kuma Hashem. There are two people who said Kuma Hashem, Moshe and David. You can follow along inside. Moshe and David. Moshe Amar Kuma Hashem vayafutsu oivecha. Moshe Rabbeinu said, Get up, get up, Hashem, and may your enemies be scattered. Chulu. And David Amelech said, V'David Amar. This doesn't say over here. V'David Amar Kuma Hashem l'mluchasecha. So you have two people. Who called out to Hashem, Kuma, get up. Moshe says to Hashem, Kuma, may your enemies um, um, be scattered. And David Amelech says, Kuma Hashem. What's the difference between my Ikobainayu? What is there between them? The Zoyer asks. Ella, but rather Moshe command the pocket lebase kamar. Number one, Moshe is speaking in a more commanding way. Moshe pocket lay. Moshe is commanding. La gracha kravo lekabel sinai. Moshe is telling him, "Kuma Hashem, go fight, go fight your enemies." David is giving the Abishter an invitation to come and rest. Moshe is telling Hashem to go out and fight. David Amelech is asking Hashem to come and rest. David zaman lelenaicha to rest, meaning to find a permanent presence. Now the Mimer is going to discuss the difference between the two. Both of them are referring to the Beis Hamikdash. It's just that Moshe Rabbeinu's Beis Amigdash, which is the first Beis Amigdash, was a battlefield. 
because the Moshe Rabbeinu was based on Migdash, was traveling in the desert and was a king at war. Because the desert is a place, as we're going to see soon, which is a place of the source of all the Klippas, all the forces of unholiness, their headquarters is in the desert, a place of snakes and scorpions and all kinds of other venomous creatures. So the desert is a place of darkness. So Moshe Rabbeinu's base Amigdash is one that is fighting war against these forces of evil. David HaMelech is already living in a generation where he completed all the battles. Holiness has already triumphed over the darkness. And now it's time for Hashem to settle down. And that's why David, and David HaMelech really is not really the time of Shalom. David fought many battles, but David laid the, laid the groundwork for his son Shleimah HaMelech, who during his reign and during his period of time, there was only peace in the world. And Hashem's kingship was firmly grounded in this world, and there were no contestants. There was no one fighting it. There was no one challenging it, Shleimah. Now it's interesting, David HaMelech, when he, built, when he prepared to build the base of Migdach, and he said, Kuma Hashem, was also in a, period of his, in a period of his life where his battles were over. So David was already done with the war. He was finished. And now he's telling Hashem, Kuma Hashem And that's the uniqueness of the base of Migdash, even the first base of Migdash, and for sure the third base of Migdash, is that it's not going to be any more a conflict in the world. There isn't any more going to be a conflict between Kedusha and the other side. Because all unholiness is already going to be subdued. Instead, the way the Beis Amikdash is going to deal with things that are not exactly yet totally holy and pure, is the Beis Amikdash is going to serve as a magnet, like we were talking about in the Monday class. It's going to draw the sparks of holiness to it without having to fight, without having to go to battle. And that's the idea of Kuma Hashem Lemnuchasech. Okay? That's the difference between Moshe Rabbeinu ascending up. And the difference, it's not because David Melech is greater than Moshe or the like, it's because they're, they, they come to, in two ti- different times in history. Moshe Rabbeinu is coming in, the, in a very early stage when the world is still full of klipa. And Moshe is the one who takes God out to the war. And he's, and, and he's fighting ferocious battles. Even though we don't find, find the Jewish people fighting physical wars in the, in the desert, spiritually, every time they traveled, they would say, Moshe would announce, Kuma Hashem evecha, may your enemies scatter. That means that the Aron, the Aron and the, and the, and the, and the, and the Luchais and the whole entourage of the Jewish people marching in the desert were like laser beams, laser beams zapping the forces of darkness that were there, Mamish destroying them. We didn't see that, but that's what was happening. And that's what it says, that the Amud was going in front of them, killing the snakes and the scorpions. So besides the physical killing of them, it was destroying. And if Moshe Rabbeinu would have not have weakened the Klippa, Moshe together with the Jewish people in the 40 years in the desert, had they, ne- had they not weakened the Klippa in the desert, we would stand no chance in our battles. We would be totally defeated. We would be overwhelmed. We would not stand a chance. The main battles were during those 40 years. They weakened them severely. Now, imagine, with all the darkness that we see, and with all the Sahara that we see in the world, and with all the garbage that there is, this is only little remnants, leftover pieces of, of the Klippa, the wounded leftovers, the survivors. But most of it was already destroyed by Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe went to battle. But David HaMelech... Now, David HaMelech... He invited the king and he invited the queen. That's the Shechina. 
Ima, Ima with him, Adau Dechsiv, Kuma Hashem Lemnucha Secha, Atav Aroinu Zecha, you and the Aron, maybe the Aron is a Shechin, I'm not exactly sure. Begin the Loyla Afr Shalon, in order not to separate them, the two should always be together. Then he continues, David the Zohar continues, David HaMelech made a very interesting statement, and he said like this, Koyhanecha, um, we didn't, we're still holding on the first page over here. Koyanecha yilbishu tzedek. Your kohanim, your kohanim, David HaMelech says, will dress themselves in righteousness. Vechasidecha and your chasidim, which means your pious ones, Yiraneno will sing. Now this is a very, very important word. The whole mimer is on these words. Vechasidecha Yiraneno, and your pious ones will sing. And the Zohar is saying that David HaMelech did something extraordinary. David HaMelech was Meshanei Sidrei Bereshis with these words. David HaMelech switched the entire heavenly spheres with this one Pasuk. When he said, And your pious ones will sing. See, singing is usually not the job of the pious ones. The ones who usually sing are the Levim. Chasidecha or Kohanim. Kahanim are called chasidim because we know that the word chasidim comes from the word chesed. And we know that the kohanim personify kindness. The Levites, the Levim, personify gevura. And they're on the left side. Kohanim are on the right side. Yisrael is in the middle, Kohen on the right, Levi on the, on the left, and Tiferes is, is Yisrael, Yisraelim. So usually it's not the job of kohanim to sing. The ones that sing are the Levim. But David HaMelech, when he saw that he has to accomplish, and that's what we're going to see over here, when he saw at that period of time, now we're going to see for all of history, this is Gavaldig, this is unbelievable stuff here. Um, for all of history, during Moshe Rabbeinu's days, whenever the Mishkan was standing, the ones who sang were always the Levim. They're the ones singing. When Shleim HaMelech built the Beis HaMikdash, and we had the... the um, the, the uh, service in the Beis HaMikdash happening, Kohanim offered Karbanos, and Leviim were the ones who would sing, play music and sing. But David HaMelech, Davke David HaMelech, had a short period of time when he appointed Kohanim to sing and not Leviim to sing. Now, I don't know where that says, but the Zohar is talking about that. Does that mean he did that in one day, or he did that in a week? Or he had it for a month or a year. I'm not exactly sure. But he put the Kohanim to sing. And the reason for that is, as the Zohar is going to explain, he changed something. And that was necessary just at that point. For that short period of time, in order to enable the, this magnificent thing to happen, that God should come down and dwell in stones, that's the Chiddush of the Beis HaMikdash, that Hashem should come down not in curtains, which represent higher forms of life, made out of, because the curtains were made out of animal or whatever, that Hashem should come down into the lowest of the low, into stones, it requires something extremely powerful. And what's the powerful thing that it requires? It powers to move the Levium away and put the Kehanim in their place that the Kehanim should sing. And when the Kehanim will sing, that's when it will happen. That's the gist of the entire mimer. And now you can go home if you want the short version. And here's the long version. Um, begin, okay. So from here we learn 
He says, what? The man de mezamen lamalka, if someone is inviting the king, look at the words, and you see how the Zohar, how people that try to learn Zohar, it's nice to learn Zohar, but you mamish, you can learn Zohar and, and, and I'm not, you have no clue what you're learning. Because <laughs> the Zohar is going to say a nice story here. But without the mimer, it totally doesn't make any sense. So the Zohar says, from here you learn out, the man de mezamen lamalka, someone who invites a king, yeshanay uvdei, he should change you have it inside over here. Should change things around. Meaning, should change the custom. Begin to make the king happy. If you want to catch the, king, the king's attention, so you should do something like abnormal. And then he's, that's going to get him like excited. He's going to get curious. What are you doing? If you come and you give the ordinary invitation, it's all about marketing. You want to catch the interest. So the Zohar is saying it's all about marketing. If you want to get the Abishter, you want to get the king to be interested, you got to do something original. And David did something original over here by getting the Kohanim to sing. And Hashem is sitting and saying, who's singing? And God is hearing the Kohanim sing and not the Levim sing, say something is wrong over here. It's a whole different energy. And that's what got the Abishter, that's what stimulated, so to speak, Hashem to come down for the Beis Amigdash. As he says, if it is the style of the king that the ones who usually make him happy are bidichi hediyaita, bidichi are the abatchen. Abatchen is a uh, the, the the court jester, right? The court jester is the is the clown basically who makes the jokes. The comedian, if the comedian is usually uh, performing in front of the king to keep him in a good mood, because the people always wanted to keep the king in a good mood. It wasn't good when the king was not in a good mood. So you want to keep, so you always had a jester who always would make the king happy. So if the style of the king is to have simple, a simple uh, uh, a comedian, a gesture of a simple person, Yisader Kamei, he should put in front of him Bidichi Rufinus Upardishachi. He should put ministers to do the jest, the, the, the um, what is it called, Je the jesting? Or what would be the word? What? What would be the, what? To be the jesters. He should put up the ministers to do so, not the regular people. The ilav, lavi beduchas adamalka. Because if you won't do that, you won't get the king to laugh. In other words, you, you need to, even though usually you could use them, but when you need a special favor, when you need something really good to happen, you have to switch, switch the jesters and put someone in in their place. Tochazi, come and see. David David is inviting the king and the queen. Lenaichet come rest in the world, which was a fascinating change from in, in that's a radical change of what's happening, because he wants God to come rest in stones, which is like unbelievable. My Ovad, what did he do? Shani Bedicha Damalka. He switched the gestures. Begin Rufinus, and he put ministers in to sing. The Kahanim will dress in righteousness. The chasidecha yiranenu, and the chasidim will sing. The pious ones will sing, and the Zohar says, "The chasidecha yiranenu." Will the chasidim sing? Leviecha yiranenu. The Leviim are supposed to be the ones that are singing. Miboyalei. That's what should happen. The halivo inu bedicha demalka. The 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 Leviim are usually the ones who make the king happy. 
They're the ones who are the batchin. They're the gestures. They're the comedians in front of the king that keep the king happy. But David, when he's coming to invite Hashem to come rest in the world, he made the kahanim and, and, and those that are on the side of chesed that they should be the ones that are bedicha the malka, the ones who make the king rejoice. I'm like, could you bedicha the David? So God sees something's funny over here. So Hashem says to David, loy be'ina la'atracha alach, or he says la'atracha alach. Here he says that gears. So I'm like, kadosh baruch hu David lavach. It's not supposed to be like this. I'm like David Murray. So David says to Hashem, Master, kadanta be'hechalach. When you're in your palace, you can run things the way you want. When you're in your palace, do it the way you like it. You want the, you want the regular gestures, you set up your gesture. But when I'm inviting you to my place, David says down here, you'll do it my way. I, I'll have the Kohanim sing. So my, my will is that I want to bring these because these are more chashif. These are more important. Even, it's, even though it's not their style to do this. From here we learn, when you're at your own house, then you mind your own business, do your things as you like it. But if you invite it to someone else, you should do the will of the one who invited you, of your host. He invited you, so you do it. You have your minog, you do it your way, but you go to someone else, you do it like that. And that's what David Amelech is. Hashem, David says to Hashem, you know, you're coming to me, let's, I, I like it this way. Because he switched to Levim, Kaihani, and he put the Kahanim instead. And the Abishter and Hashem did it like David. He accepted it. Omar David, David said, Bavur David Avdecha al because of David, your servant, do not turn back the face of your Mashiach. What does that mean? Sedura de Kasadarna, the Sidur, this, this, this that I have placed before you, do not reject it. So Hashem said, in other words, what is David really asking? This that I'm asking you to come dwell in the Beis Amigdash, please don't, 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 don't deny my request. Accept my invitation. I'm inviting you. Accept my invitation. In other words, since I made the Kahanim instead of the Levim, now there's even more reason you should accept it. So Hashem says to David, and this is where it's connected to the stones. Hashem's answer to David. I swear to you. I am not going to... I'm, even in my own vessels... In my own furniture, I don't use my furniture. I'm not going to use my furniture. Ella beman and dilach, I'm going to use your vessels. Basically, Hashem is saying, I'm going to come down to dwell in the lowly vessels you're creating. My vessels are the spherot, the attributes above, which are super godly. And the Evishta says, I'm going to dwell in your vessels, the ones that you're preparing down here. In other words, in the, similar to the idea that Hashem says, I'm going to go to the Migdash al more than the Migdash al more than the heavenly base of Migdash. And Hashem never, didn't go away from there. Until Hashem gave David the Melech presents. 
Anyways, that's the Zohar. So here the Alter Rebbe is going to explain what's happening over here. Obira um, Indian. And the explanation. So, so I, I read really the whole piece, the Zohar. And now we're holding Obira Indian on the page, on Kuflam at Beis, Amit Beis, second page. Um, Obira Indian, the back of your first side of what I, what I give it. Obira Indian, Ksiv. No, 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 I made a mistake. No, 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 no. It's not that. Vihine Lohavin. I'm sorry, that's where I'm starting. I gave you, I, I, I was by mistake looking in the other mimer. Oh, here we are. Vihine Kuftazayin. It's not Kuflamid Beis. Kuftazayin. On the top of the page. Vihine Lohavin Taichin Kavanas Klolis Inyan. To understand the general idea of this Kavana. And him changing the gestures of the king, the gestures of the king. And when did he do that? Dafka, when he's inviting him to come down to dwell. And he's inviting God for the first time to come down here. Not in the beginning. Meaning in the early days, when Moshe Rabbeinu was bringing Hashem down in the Mishkan, he's not switching. He sets up the Levium to sing. And then after Hashem has already settled down in the base of Migdosh, he's also not doing it. The Migdosh Shabana Shloima. Who, who was singing? The Halavim Oibedicha the Malka. The Levim remained the jesters of the court, the court jesters. Like it was originally. So it's only in that, in that period when David Amelech wanted to accomplish this, he set up the Kahanim to be. Now again, it would be interesting. I, I don't know, I have never learned this, I've never seen this anywhere. It would be interesting just to find out the actual story. When did this happen? If there was actually a period of time, does it discuss it in, in, in Gemara somewhere or in Medrash somewhere or somewhere that David Melech did this? I don't know. The Zohar is mentioning from the words, V'chasedecha Yeraneinu. So to understand this, we need to first preface this by understanding something else. What is this resting? It says, stand up Hashem to your resting. What does it mean to his resting? The Hinek Siv, it says in the Passover, in, in the Parshas A, it says, Hashem says that when you're going to have a Beis HaMikdash, that's not, you're, not yet, you're not yet in your Jerusalem, you're not yet in Yerushalayim, so that's considered more temporary. So the Passover says, because you have not yet arrived, Elamanucha, to the resting, the Elanachla, and to the final inheritance. It is known what the sages say. The place where Hashem rested was Shiloh. Shiloh was a Mishkan that came before Jerusalem, and it stood for 360-something years. But Shiloh is considered a resting place because it's more permanent, but it's not considered the final inheritance. That's Yerushalayim. That's the final permanent dwelling of Hashem. The Indian and the idea is, well, so what does that mean? What makes the Beis HaMikdash Nach? The Indian you do at the Beis HaMikdash Abana Shloima. The Beis HaMikdash that Shloima Melech built. Hanikra Beis HaLamim, which is called the eternal edifice of Hashem. Hu Hanikra Nachla. That is called Nachla. Avakol Yemeya Yosei Im Bnei Yisrael B'Mishkan. But as long as Hashem was with the Jewish people in the Mishkan. B'Gilgal, whether they were at Gilgal, Benoiv, or when they were in the city of Nov, Vigivoin, or when they were in the city of Givoin, 
We know the Beis Hamikdash traveled to a few different places. The Gam the Mishkan Shahaya Bemidbar, and even in the Mishkan that was in the Midbar, which is Moshe Rabbeinu's Mishkan, Loi Nikra Menucha. It is not called Menucha. It is not called Menucha. It's not called resting place. The Gam Shiloh, and even Shiloh, which was a serious place already, even though it's called Menucha, Loi Nikra Nachla. It's not called permanent residence. The Alkin Omar Kiloi Bosem Ad Atta, you have not yet arrived, Allah Menucha, Allah Nachna. Like it says by David, I was walking, I didn't settle. Hashem is walking around. He's in an unsettled state. He's in an oil, he's in a tent, he's in a mishkan. And according to the, to the opinion of Rashbi, in the 14th chapter of Masech Tezvachim, even Shiloh is not even called resting. According to the most opinions, Shiloh is called the resting place. Yerushalayim is called the inheritance. But according to Rav Shemim Bayachai, even, even, even Shiloh is not even a resting place. Um, Both of them is referring to Yerushalayim. We need to understand what's the reason for this. Are we going to say, is it because just because they built it out of stones, that's the whole thing. Hashem is so uncomfortable because it's made out of wood. Is that so bad? Or it's made out of, does Hashem really need the stones? It doesn't make any sense. What's the great deal over here? Just because Hashem cold or hot. Or, I mean, why does he need to have the stones? And it has plaster. Is that what makes it into a resting place for Hashem? To a living God? That we can't compare any holiness to Him. And Hashem doesn't have a body. The Musa Guf doesn't even have the slightest, the slightest, the slightest, um, um, uh, 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 Appearance or similarity to a body. Like it says, Hashemayim Kisi, the Pasik says, The heavens are my seat. What kind of house can you build me? So we say, Oh, finally, it's a nice kitchen. Hashem is coming to live there. It doesn't make any sense. It's a comfortable house. Why are we saying that? Oh, because it was made out of stone. The idea will be understood by Hagdim by first prefacing Tam, Hiluch Moshe, Bene Yisrael, Bamidbar. The reason why Moshe and the Bnei Yisrael were traveling in the Midbar, Ima Arain, with the Arain, Vaha Mishkan, and the Mishkan. The Hina it is known, the Midbar, the Midbar, Umakoim, Shaba Yishkan. Why was Moshe traveling with the Jewish people in the Midbar? Yeah. If it's because Hashem had to keep them in 40 years in the Midbar, Hashem could have left them in one place. Why'd they have to travel? The Mishkan is the source, it's the headquarters of the Chitzonim, of the, of the forces. The external forces, which means the forces of unholiness. Kulan as it is known. Like it says, In the great and awesome desert. A place of snake. Snakes and venomous snakes and akrov and, 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 and scorpions. We know that there are three impure klipas. That snake, scorpion, and, and sarof. These are the three klipas. Kulan hakabala. That is written in the Kabbalistic writings. Saraf is like a venomous type of a snake, a poisonous snake. So when the Jewish people stood at Har Sinai, they became purified from all their impurity. From the impurity of the 
a primordial snake. Initially, Chava became infected. Chava became defiled from the snake and then transmitted it to Adam and to all creatures. And the Jewish people managed finally to get out of that illness uh, when? When they stood at Har Sinai. But it wasn't entirely. It didn't stop completely. Entirely. Because instantly they went and they made the eagle. They made the golden calf. Kidu as it is known. So they did not yet complete their, they, they didn't perfect themselves to the utter perfection. And since they had still a little bit bad inside their hearts, inside their psyche, because they didn't clean themselves, didn't purge all evil out of them, that is enabling that there should be klipa in the world. Because all klipa really begins in the person. So when we have klipa inside of us, that's feeding, that's giving energy and life force to the other side. There was a shoresh and a source. There's still something that needs a birer. Something that needs to be fixed. This was the reason why Hashem led the Jewish people. You had the most powerful things. First of all, you had 600,000 Jews. That's all the Jews together. Plus you had the Ara, the Mishkan, the Ara. Plus you had Moshe Rabbeinu and Aaron. And Moshe is as their leader in the Midbar. And what was the, the Hashem let them dafk in the Midbar. So they should be able to subdue in this, in this parade. When they're marching, they're subduing the headquarters of the, where the Klippas, where the Chitzonim get their life. Because they dwell in the desert. As we said before. For who, and that is, now how are they fighting it? Because there was such powerful divine revelation, because Hashem was so, there was such a presence of Hashem, there was such holiness when the Jewish people were traveling in that camp, and that destroys the klipa. The klipa cannot, cannot stand up to such intense kedusha. As it comes by, it, see, klipa survives from kedusha, but only from a distance. They take, they, they, they take a little leak, a little bit leaks down to them like a, like a leak in a pipe. And that's where they fester. But when you get a powerful surge of holiness, of presence of Hashem, there they can't stand. They melt. Like it says in the Pasuk, just like wax melts in front of fire. Which was through their walking. As it is known, And this is the root of the Jewish people traveling 42 journeys stated elsewhere. And the Balshemtiv says that every Jew has to also walk in these 42 journeys because that's what we're doing. Hashem also sends us into a place of Klippa. What do you think we're doing in Los Angeles? Why aren't we in Yerushalayim? We should be in Yerushalayim. This is not, this is not a place for us. We're here, here, because when the Jew goes somewhere, he burns and destroys the Klippa with his Amunah, with his Torah, with his mitzvahs that he does. He destroys what is unholy. But we're all individual little people. But here you have the collective energy and the collective power of all the Jewish people together. Plus, we know that our neshamas, our souls, are only details. We're only little, little sparks of the main souls. They were the, they were the super mega souls. They were the root neshamas from where all neshamas are derived from. So when you, they were going, you had all of the Jewish souls over there. It was very powerful. He looked this walk, came to subdue the other side. And to transform darkness to light. As we said earlier, but this is considered like a war. 
even though the way the, the darkness ran away, it didn't take any firing of bullets, the way the darkness found one of the mere presence of the Kedusha chased the Klippa away. They didn't have to fight and struggle. They just went there. And by going there, they destroyed it. But yet, that's called war. The fact that you're entering into the enemy territory. It's not... Because there's another way of fixing the, the unholy. And that is when you stay in your place and you pull the Kedusha out. You're pulling, you're pulling the sparks of holiness out of the Klippa. And when they come to you... And then the, automatically the shells, when they don't have any more of their energy, they disintegrate. That's one way of doing it. But that was not during this time. The klipa was still too strong that we should be able to rectify it in the way that we did it in the Beis Amigdash. Instead, we had to go into their territory. We had to go to the place of the snakes, the scorpions, and the dragons. And over there, we needed to destroy them. Valderich Mashal, he gives an example, Melech Basavadama, king of flesh and blood. Shaholich Lemerchakim, he goes to a distant place, in the spape land and the land of the enemy, the one that stands in opposition to him, to conquer his place, the, the, the rulership of his enemy. He goes there with his many, many soldiers. Sometimes they don't even have to engage in battle. They merely come and everybody surrenders. That's what happened. There's two things. Number one, this that the king has uprooted, his dwelling, of his, his, his glorious dwelling, in the city of his kingdom. He's going in a strange land. God does not belong in the desert. Hashem, the Jewish people don't belong in the wilderness. It's a very dark place. This is a, a very, it's a, it's a little bit of an, an embarrassment to the king. That he asked that he goes there. Whatever the reason is, it's not fitting for the king to be to be there. Ach, but why does he go? Because he wants to, because of his power, because of his desire to be victorious. Because he wants to conquer the land of his enemy. And the second idea is this that he's going in the country of his enemy. To conquer while he is walking there, zehu shehu keinyan melchama. This is like a war, mamish. Since he needs to conquer the place of the enemy, behechrech, it is it is vital. Sheyelach that he goes im ribuicha He comes with a very large army. Vim oisher gadol. He also comes with his with his wealth. He brings all his. He brings a lot of his, uh, he brings his royal chariot, he brings his, why? And all of the jewels and all the things. Because he wants to leave an impression. Everybody should see what an awesome king. So he has a traveling palace that's going along with him. And he's showing everybody his might and his power. So they realize, whoa, 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 whoa. This is like something else. And his travels. And that's why it's also the fact that Hashem may had not only his army, the army of the Jewish people, but the Mishkan, that's Hashem's glory. He's taking all, the, all those, because the Mishkan was physically, exquisitely beautiful, the Mishkan. But obviously we understand its physical beauty was a reflection of its spiritual beauty. And Hashem was bringing all those beautiful, godly entities to show that. The Jewish people traveled in the Midbar. It was like a victory of a war 
Because when he revealed over there as Yakar to Ferez Gedula Hashem, the splendor of the beauty of the greatness of God. is through this that they traveled. And the Shechina was with them, dwelling inside the ark. And Moshe Aaron is coming along with them. Automatically, the darkness was transformed to light. Like it says in the passage, the voice of God, the voice of God means the revelation of Hashem, Yachil Midbar, causes the, de- the, 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 the Midbar, the, the desert to tremble. It caused a trembling in the Midbar. This is like a war. Like it says, Hashem is a man of war. And this is what it means. You did not come yet to the rest. Because of the two things. First of all, Hashem is not in his city. He departed. It's two, basically, he's saying it's two things. Number one, you're not home. Number two, number two, you're engaged in war. You're engaged in battle. So that's what he's saying over here that in the, in the base of Mingdash, in the Mishkan, Hashem is saying, You did not come. El Menucha means you're not in Menucha, meaning you're, you're, you're traveling. You're not at home. That's, that's the opposite. That means you're not b'menucha. What does it mean you're not benachla? It means there's war going on. Or the opposite. The war is the opposite of menucha. And nachla means the opposite of being at your home. One is that he, he, he uproots his dwelling from the place where he really, where his kingship, where his, from his capital. He leaves his capital. He leaves his home. Vabez in the second one, Masha Oisik Bemochemes Nitzuch, this that he's engaged and involved in a, vi- in a war of victory. But in the base of Migdash, Shloimai built, who are Nikra Menucha Mebez Dvarim. It is called Menucha for two reasons, I know. Number one, the king is at home. He's not outside, he's not traveling. He wasn't involved in war. Kalal. Because in the days of Shloimai Melech, there was no war. But this still needs some explanation. We would think that in the days of Shleim HaMelech, we, according to what he's saying, there's no more war. means that there's no one to fight with anymore. There's no more opposition. That means that all evil, all negative, whatever stands against Hashem, must have ended. But it's not true, he's going to say. Even after Shleim HaMelech, there still existed bad in the world. How do you know? Take a look at what happened in after a few thousand years of suffering, of persecution, of all kinds of all kinds of darkness, the existence of evil. was there even in the days of the Beis Hamikdash. There wasn't yet perfection. completely. Until where we're holding right now, the days of Mashiach. That's when it's going to be complete. Then it says, the spirit of impurity will remove from the earth. So the question is, even when they had the Beis HaMikdash, they still needed the war. Why is it called Menucha? And the answer is, even though they were still fighting with the unholy, it was not, it was a restful kind of a fight. We were fighting, oh, you know what the difference is? It's the difference between America just a few years ago, in which we fought many wars, we fought a cold war. But it was a cold war. Why? Because Russia was terrified of the United States because we were ahead of them in terms of weapons and in terms of this. Was so, uh, the United States was so mighty that, that, that the Soviet Union was scared. So even though we fought for, but we were in peace. No one had to go fight. 
It was just by showing your might and your enemy is afraid. As opposed to, because of the weakening of, 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 of the American uh, whatever through our uh, brilliant government in the last who knows, years, what does that do? And that chas v'shalom leads us to a point where there is a threat of having to go to real war. Because, because when, because yeah, right. So that's what he's going to explain. In Shleim HaMelech's days, Kedusha was so strong that the unholy was subdued without a war. And but after Mashiach comes, there won't be evil at Bechlal. Now there, in Shleim HaMelech, there was evil that needed to be subdued from a distance. Because the main dwelling of, Ash, of the Shechina in the Hechal, of the Holy of Holies, that was in the Beis HaMikdash, the Orin Seif was revealed down here below. In the Hechal of the Holy of Holies of the world of Asiya, in the physical, physical world. And it was with the same power and with the same manner. In the same way that Hashem is illuminating in the world of Atzilas. And we know in that what? Right? Fully manifesting, fully revealed. Hashem was equally revealed in the Kodesh HaKadoshim, Ba'asiyah, Ba'ashva Achas, Mamash to say. U'bezeh ha'davar, Yisrael Ma'ilas Ashra, Sashchina Ba'echel Kodesh HaKadoshim, Shebebeis HaMikdosh, Yoyser Mishkan Shiloi V'noiv. He's saying that in the Mishkans that came before that, in Nov and in Giva and in the Mishkan, it did not have the same presence of Shechina in the same powerful way like it was in the Beis HaMikdosh. Because there it was not equal to the same, in the same degree like it was like in Atzilus. It's only in the Beis Kazeh. It was not in such a high way, in such a strong way. We will understand the difference between them. When you light a very big avuka, you light a very big bonfire, a very big flame. Since the flame of this bonfire, or vavuka, or this... Um, torch, mispashetas bispashtas gedoyla expands in a big way. Maoid azekasha yesh pesamachloi oiris netzutzim kitanim. So when you have not far from this huge big fire, you have little sparks, little 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 flames. What's going to happen is the big fire is going to serve as a magnet, and it's going to pull all these little flames to it. It's going to pull it in. They are automatically drawn up. And they're swept up from their place. And they're included in the light of the big flame of the big fire. And they're all gathered. And they're included in it. You can't keep a little flame, a little candle next to a huge big bonfire. The fire is going to jump and it's going to leap and it's going to attach itself. As it is known, the idea that a nair gets bottle to the avuka, to the big fire. And the nimshal will be understood to, the, to those that are wise above. When the light of the oiring saif, as it is in the world of emanation. When it is shining all the way down, and it's extending down even into the world's into the lower worlds, which are called worlds that are separated from Hashem, worlds that are not unified. Atzilus is one with Hashem. But we're talking about the worlds that are separated. 
until, it, until Hashem's light extends and shines down all the way to the world of Asiya. That's when the light of this of the of the of this of this big torch gets so strong. Everything that is in all three, all lower worlds. Pchenas oiris energies, venitutsis and sparks, katanam, small little sparks, al derech mashal, mizbatlim kulam, they all become nullified, venichlolim ba'atzmus gili oireki. Suddenly they're caught up in this powerful, powerful godly flame. The alkei memelin is batl gamachoshech. Now what happens is, if the sparks join the fire, let's understand something, nothing can exist without a spark of Hashem inside of it. But if the spark gets connected to its source, so what happens? So if the entity, the creature, the being, if let's say it's a spark that's in a Jew, and the, and the, and the Beis Amigdash is standing, and the Jew's neshama, which is a spark from Hashem, is drawn to the Beis Amigdash, so the Jew goes to the Beis Amigdash with his body, and becomes attached to Hashem, serves Hashem, loves Hashem. But if it's a spark that's in a, in, in a wicked person, and the, and, and the wicked person is not ready to submit himself to holiness, so the spark is going to leave him. And when the spark leaves him, what happens? He's kaputo, done. So that's the idea. It's pulling everything to it. Whatever can join along in the yichud, joins in the yichud. Whatever doesn't want to join and submit into the oneness, is destroyed. It said in this battle gama choshech. So the choshech also gets destroyed when it's hapach it gets converted to light. Like we find by Shlomo HaMelech, that... That, that people came from the far and wide to study and to learn. And even the Queen of Sheba, from distant from Africa, came to learn. She, she converted people from far because they, they were drawn to him. Like it says, like doinag, like, um, like uh, wax melts in front of fire. And this is not a war. Because all the extraneous entities get nullified automatically on their own. You don't, have to fly, you don't have to fly planes over them and scare them. You don't even have to do that. They're just gone. Because the revelation is so powerful. They all become absorbed in their, in their true source. And similar to this was the dwelling of the Shechina and the Heichal of the Kodesh HaKadoshim. Over there, when you looked basically on top of that mountaintop in Yerushalayim, there was a powerful furnace burning. It was such a fire of godliness that it was pulling everything. It created such a magnetic pull. As it is in above Natsilas. And that's called resting. The Indian who and the idea is that the Aaron Keshahoya be Mishkan be Shiloh even Noive Givain. The Aaron when it was in Mishkan and Shiloh and Noive and Givain Loy Hoyasham Bederich Menuch Kazu was not an arrested state. Lefisha Loy Hoyasham Gilu Yorin Saif. Because the revelation of God was not so strong, Kamoshu be Makoime Amatsmi, like it is when it is in its right place. Why in Yerushalayim? Yeah, because that's what Hashem intended it. So when it's in Yerushalayim, Hashem is fully shining there. When it was in other places, it was, a, it was some, some, some presence, but not with its full power. He was going on the way. It's in the way of a king. He's going to a distant place. To conquer his enemy. And that's how he, he subdued them. 
Aval kisha David olav ashalom. But when David amelech hevi yarein menoy vegivon brought the orange from Nov and givon shahoy yasham b'derech hagolus, which over there it was still in a state of exile. And, but then he brought it It's similar to what we said earlier, fighting a war in a distance. But now he took it back from there. And he instituted it in Jerusalem, in Yerushalayim. Which this is its essential place. Which is the main place of the king's place where the king really lives. For who she is. And over there he can really reveal himself. And then he can subdue the chitzayim. In a manner of bitl, they become a mela bottle. Kanis as we said before. Now it's time for God, for you to come to your resting place, to your essential place. The base Hamidrash is called the base Menucha of Hashem. The king doesn't have to go to a distance to fight. Because from his very place itself, from his headquarters, he can subdue his enemies. Through revealing his essential light, in the Hechal of the Holy of Holies, like the Masha, like we said, the way the flames get bottled and nullified to the big fire. Okay, so we're holding Siv Beis. Now this Hamshacha, that was in the Hechal of the Kodesh HaKadoshim, in the Beis HaMikdash, that the Oyrin Saif was revealed over there. The infinite light was revealed over there, exactly as it is above, and not being diminished. This is called a yichud, a unification. They draw down the unification above, below. What does it mean, unification? Unification means that when Hashem unifies with, a, with, with, let's say with the attributes, it's called a yichud. When Hashem unifies with Chachma, He's called a Yichud, because there's the Or, the light. Hashem is not Chachma, Hashem is infinitely beyond Chachma. When Hashem joins into the attribute of Chachma, there is a Yichud. When Hashem unifies with Teferes, there is a Yichud. When Hashem joins in Malchus, there's a Yichud. So, the fact that Hashem comes down and doesn't only dwell in those attributes, but Hashem comes down and dwells in a physical room, that's also a Yichud, a much bigger Yichud. Because he's coming down and he's misyached, he becomes unified with a physical. What is the idea of the yichud of the ain saif? We find a yichud below. In other words, we know that a real yichud is an atzilus, but we find yichud also in a lower place. In the world's. Before we can speak about Hashem's yichud down here in the physical world, let's see how they exist in the more spiritual realms but not the godly realm. In Atzilus, Hashem is always one with His attributes. But there is a time when Hashem is misyached lower. Where there is machne michoel, the camp of michoel, and the camp of gavriel. Which they, they are translated, michoel and gavriel are in the higher worlds, but they extend their, 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 their armies of michoel and gavriel and their they extend down in the world of Asiyah Mamish. Because why? In this physical world, we have fire and water. 
Fire and water are two opposites. Water is a manifestation of Michael, and fire is a manifestation of Gavriel. Gavura, fire, Gavriel. Sar Shalesh, one of them is the minister of fire, the Sar Shalmayim, and the other one is the minister of water. Kidu as it is known. Now the Yichud is two things. The Yichud is the or when Hashem unifies with the vessels, that's one Yichud. The second Yichud is the consequence of that, the attributes themselves join together. You see, when the attributes are not unified with the light, or when you have creations, for instance, like Malachim, and the Malachim are not unified with the light, or they're not receiving a lot of light, they're receiving very minimal light, then they feel themselves a lot. And when you feel yourself very much, you're in conflict with someone else because you're so much into yourself. But when, um, you, know, you wonder why like we're living in a generation these days where it's so hard to have shalom bias. There's so many people that Nabachar sadly are divorced and that it's, it's like much more than there has ever been. A lot of it has to do because we're living in a generation where people are very much into themselves. How I feel, how I this. In the early generations, people didn't have time to think about themselves. They were busy, they were busy surviving. So you just doted. So you were able to live together. When you don't feel yourself so much, then you can be together with someone else. But when it's everything, it's mean and my happiness and my, 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 so you clash. And that's what's, you know, it's hard with the young, with younger generation where people are in that state. So the same is with the angels. When they're feeling themselves a lot, then they clash with each other, fire and water. But when they feel God, they're suddenly nullified by Hashem. It's easier to keep them together. So when you bring God in your life, and your life stops being about yourself, and it comes about, you're so occupied with serving Hashem, that you can have a wonderful marriage too. Because you're not into me, you're into something bigger, and you both can melt into that bigger service as you're both doing. And even if you're very different in nature, and that, but still, that's right, fire and water, total opposites. But they come together. So that's called the yichud. When there is more or, when there's more light in the spheres, it calls yichudim, attributes, unifications between creations and attributes and the like. It says, It says by them, That Hashem makes peace. That fire and water don't extinguish each other. You do as it is known. Down here they do. But by the Makkah, by the by, by Barad, fire and water were together. How does it happen? When there is an added light, godly light measure. From the from Atzilus, Yasser When Hashem shines down into the Malach Michael and Malach Gavriel, more light than they are accustomed to. That which has been measured out for them. Hashem initially allocated to them a certain amount. When He gives them an extra boost, an extra infusion of light, what happens then? So they become stunned by the light. They become nullified from their original existence. They become so bottled to Hashem, they're no more a something. And when you're and when you're not and when and, and when you're not yourself, you're not opposite of anybody. That you should extinguish each other. When you're in feeling yourself and you're in touch with yourself, that I am who I am. But when I'm bottle, then I then I am not. As it is known. 
It's like a marshal of people who stand in front of a king, Mamish. People that people that are total always fighting with each other. But when they're standing in front of the king, they stand together. Because they're powerful. When they stand in front of the king. They forget about themselves. They don't have a metzias. How can they how can they oppose each other if they don't even exist? They don't feel themselves. They become unified with, 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 with the ultimate unification. Because together they become integrated and nullified in front of the king. So is this bitul of Michal and Gavriel above. When there is an added additional light upon them, they become integrated together, and they become nullified in a godly light. This is Mamish what we said earlier. More light, so the candles become nullified in the flame. And now the two different candles that might have been fighting with each other, but now when they're in the big fire, they're lost and they're together. And the same thing can also be understood even higher than Michael and Gavriel. In the higher attributes, there is Chesed and there is Gavura, which are opposite. But yet they, they come together to work together in peace and in harmony because they're both unified with Hashem. The Yeduet is known. There's three kavim. There's three channels. There is chachma. There is chesed. There is netzach. Meyamin that stands on the right side. Ubina gavura hoid and bina gavura and hoid mesmoiler on the left side. And then das teferas yisod is in the middle. The light of Chachma Vatzilus, Ubchenes Areshes Bechol Makam. That's the beginning. Ukemaimer Ant Chakim, Vuhu Mekava Yamin. That's on the right side. Ubchenes Bina Datzilus, Mekava Smile is on the left side. Vahamnam, however, with next paragraph, Hinei Be'emes Lagaba Hamatzel, Atzmus Hamatzel, compared to God Himself, Hare Kolishtal Shalus Beyut Sviris. This entire Chain-like progression of ten attributes, begimel kaven, and these three columns, halolo, which are which are opposite, which are in, in, in clashing with each other. They are nothing. They are like a little flame, a little a little ray of the sun. Hashem Himself is like the sun. These attributes are like a little ray. To the essence of the of the of the of the of the um, luminary, the sun. That's why we only call them lights. And they're similar to the creation of creations. Something from nothing. Meaning it's created from nothingness. That's how little. Like the four camps of the Shechina. Michal is to the right side. Comparing it to God himself. They're like something from nothing. From a little ray, Gamkain also. Like it says clearly that even the first sphere, the first attribute, compared to God, Chachma comes from nothing. 
Ekamaimer, as it says, Antu da Pikas Eser Tikunin, you are the ones who emerge ten Tikunin, the Kirinin law and Yutzvirin, and you call them ten Sefiros. Ava Mitzadatz Musay, but God Himself, Hadayama Besaifa Maimer, He says over there, the Lav the Islach Tzedek Yediyad, you don't have any of these attributes. The Lama Kol Inan Midas Klal, you're not in any of these attributes. The Im Kainan, if so, call on it Solom, all the emanations, Bechlal Einan Nachshavim, they're considered nothing. To him, to Hashem himself, the attributes are like an action. Just like in a human being. When a human being makes something, creates something, how much of himself did he put into what he made? Okay, you put, it's your craftsmanship, but it's only a tiny little bit of you. You go on with your life and you have so many other things. Right? You sit tonight by the class and you're juddering a paper. Maybe you're making a little uh, monkey faces or whatever. Maybe you're writing the class, but maybe you're just making little uh, uh, whatever. You, you say, what is it? Doodling. Maybe you're doodling. So then how much of your entire persona, persona of who you are did you put into the doodling? A little trace of a trace of a trace, nothing. And that's, and that's what Hashem is. All the attributes is like God doodling. There's nothing of the substance of the Ebeshter that's in them. Only the power of the action is nifal. Then a little tiny trace, a ray goes into them. That they're all, uh, they're all like in a level of, a, of, of an action. It says it about Chachma, but of course it applies to Bina and all the other ones because they come from Chachma, they're lower than Chachma. It's called Chachma, as it is known. The oil Abba that the light of Chachma is in Atzilus, the aim of Bria and the light of Bina is in Bria, the Zabi Yetzira and the Eranpin is in Yetzira. The Amar Asisa and the main emphasis of the Ekulam bechachma, meaning the whole Atzilus, which is because Chachma is the dominates in Atzilus, is Asiya, is an action. Sheino Elo Bchinas Asiya Bavad, it's a little doodling by Hashem. For whom Etam Aniskaliyal V'Daylamayven, as we said earlier, Uliyos came. So they're tiny; they're really nothing. Okay. But as long as they don't feel the Orin Saif that's higher than them, they're, they're something. They're very powerful. And not only that, and they clash with each other. But when Hashem gives them a little more of His light, they become so naught and void that they all come together in oneness. When He adds some kind of a light and, it, and a flow upon them, from the essence of the emanator, we can say in the spheros the same thing like we say about Michael and Gabriel that they stop fighting with each other. Because of this, they become nullified from the existence of their emanate, em, yachad, and they become integrated together and nullified in the light of the emanator, that's shining upon them. As we said earlier, like the candle in front of a big fire. And this is called the supernal unity. The infinite light, with his emanations. What does it mean? A yichud, yichud means a togetherness. The three separate channels, chesed, gevura, teferes, the right, the left, and the center, Chabad, Chagas, everything unifies. They all become integrated together. 
And that one channel of Orin Saif, which is called the thread of light coming from the Orin Saif into Atsilas, and everything is swept up together and unified. Kashemeir Bem Ktsas, when he's shining a tiny little bit more, giving them a jolt of light more than what they have till now. That which has been measured out to them. Through that measuring, that is understood. This is called the Yichud, the Oren Saif bin at Salim, of the Oren Saif into his emanations. He's coming to give them light. But the question is, What causes this to happen? More light should come down in Atsilus and take that even further to come down even into Bria, Yetzirah, and Asiya, and unifying all aspects of the world together. We can understand this in a very physical term, a very simple thing. Now there's war amongst nations. When Mashiach comes, there won't be any more war amongst nations. Why? Because when people will stop being selfish, because when all of everybody will be serving their God, there will be no reason for war, because you don't, you're not clashing with each other anymore. Everything, everybody's going to be embittled. That's why there won't be any fight, and there won't be any war. Same idea. It applies in every rung of existence. In Yanu, and the idea is, so how do, you bring, how do you bring extra light into the Kavim? That there shouldn't be anymore a fragmented universe and a fragmented world, but things should be in, existing in, in, a, in a perfect harmony and, and synthesis. So the idea is, it is known, the Neged Gimel Kavim Alalu, that against these three Kavim, Lamaila, above, Yesh Lamata down here is Beknesses Yisrael, amongst the Jewish people, there's also these three sides the right, the left, and the center. Kedug Lamata Gimel And here's the thing we think that we're just similar to up there. Up there, there's three, we too have three Kohanim, Leviim, and Yisraelim. But really, in truth, we're the real mover and shaker of everything. Because up there, they can't increase their light. Whatever chesed has, chesed has. Whatever gevura has, gevura has. So they can't increase it. The kahanim, levim, yisraelim, down here, through their avoda, they can increase. They can reach the orein soif and channel more light in and therefore cause shalom, peace, in all, in all of existence, in the, in the higher universes, in the supernal realms. And that translates, of course, into a peace in the world as well. And these are Kahanim, Leviim, and Yisraelim. Kahanim, Shem, Esitri, the Yamina. Kahanim come from the right side. Kidu, as it is known. Hem, Amshichin, Bekava, Yamin. They're the ones who bring down the Oirein Soif through the right channel. The Chachma Chesed Netzach. The Chachan, that's what it is. Chachma Chesed Netzach. Leviim, Shem, Esitri, the smaller. Leviim, which are from the left side. Mamshichin, they draw down the Kava Smoil into the left side. Bina Gavura Hoid, into Bina Gavura and Hoid, Begat. The Yisrael, and, and y- those that are Yisrael. And Mepchines Kavam Tsoi, they stand in the center. Das Teferes Yisoid. Amudadem Tsuusa, which is the middle, the middle pillar. Kidu as it is now. Vinitchile Yesh Lavar. So now, first we have to explain in Yenak Kahanim, the idea of the Kahanim. How do the Kahanim increase light? How do they bring down this yichud in the right side? It is known the gimel madregas yesh So first of all, he says 
On the right side are three attributes, Chachma, Chesed, and Netzach. So he's going to explain there are three levels in Kohanim. Kohen Gadol, Segan Kohen, he's like the vice Kohen Gadol, and the regular Kohen. Kohanim Gedolim, they're in Chachma. The Kohen Gadol's Nisham is plugged into the level of Chachma. Segan Kohen, he's in plugged into Chesed. And the regular Kohanim, Kohen Hedyet, is plugged into Netzach, which is the offshoot of Chesed on the right side. Yesh beganim neged gimel madregish. Yesh bekava yemin chachma chesed netzach. Hamadrega yoyne the highest level hashrashim lekulam, which is the root of all of them. Mchines kayin gadol. That's the kayin gadol. Shuv mchines chachma atzma. That's chachma itself. Kidu as it is known. Elakach nikra kayin gadol. That's why it's called kayin gadol. Kamesh kasev b'sifrei hakabbalah, as it is written in the writings of Kabbalah. Vabeis lamatam emeno. And then there is a lower level. This is called the man, the Kohen. It's called the Sagan of the Kohan. And he's the level of Chesed, which is a branch of Chachma. He's also called the man of Chesed. Since he is called, a, he's a branch of Chachma, the man, the Kohen. Instead of Kohen Gadol, he's Ish, he's not the Kohen Gadol. But since he's still higher, he's higher than Netzach. He's called Mr. Kayen. You have Kayen Gadol, the great Kayen. Then you have Sir Kayen. And then you have Kayen. Netzach is an anaf, a branch of Chesed. Kidu as it is known. He's the Sagan. The word Ish also means important. He's a man compared to the Kayan Hedyat. The Kayan Stam, and what's a regular Kayan? Who Kayan Hedyat is a Kayan Hedyat. For whom Adregis Ashlish is the third level. This is the Netzach, which is a branch of Chesed. And most Kayanim are Netzach. But here's the very special thing. This is Kohanim every day. When you meet a Kohen, He's Netzach. That's where his energy is at. But when he goes up to the Duchen on to make Birchas Kohanim, then he rises up. It's not, it's not a little thing going up to Duchen. When you're rising, your soul is rising up from Netzach to Chesed all the way into Chachma, to the level of Kohen Gadol. And over there, they're Mamshech to Bracha from. Ozhem Bibchenas Netzach to Oyer Abba. They go into the Netzach of Chachma. Because each sphere has all the attributes. So Chachma has Netzach inside of it. So when the Koyin goes to be benched the people, he rises up to Netzach of, of Chachma, and from there he's Mamshech Tebrach, V'day Lamev. V'akoponim, Bechlal, what do you see from here in Ekola, Kohanim, all the Kohanim, Mepchines Kava Yamin, they're all from the right side. The Chachma Chesed Netzach. The Alken, Oye Inyan Avedah, Sama Ikris, and that's why the main Avedah was Rak Lahamshech Or Chesed Elyon. To draw down Hashem's kindness. That's what Kahanim do. They draw down God's kindness, from the essence of the emanator, into the right side. They have the ability to do this. We just turned over the page to page Kuf They accomplish this through two things. That is explained in Zayar, in many places. They accomplish this, they draw down God's energy, they cause a download. 
happening. Basically, are downloading Hashem's infinite light into the right side by doing what? Two things. Be'uvda, by doing karbonos. They were able to do that. Uber'usa and through the yearning of their heart. Kohanim have a very strong yearning in their heart. A yearning of love. As they yearn, as they love, as they serve Shem with the desire of their heart, they're pulling godliness down. And also, primarily, through their service of offering the sacrifices. Vitchila Yashlavar, he says, first let's explain. What is this yearning of the heart? What is this? The Yosyadu it is known Bilakute Marim, the Yesh Bez Mine Ava. There's two types of love. One type of love, There's two types of love in a person. There's a love that you have that is called watery love, and there's a and there's a love that's fiery love. Two different, complete, two opposite kind of love. Watery love is like the love you have with a good friend. You feel close to them. You like to be in their company. You're attached to them. You're, you like to do things together. You go shopping together. You go here together. You go, it's, it's, a, it's a calm love. And it calls you always. You like to talk to each other. It's always, it's always the, the buddy-buddy kind of a relationship. And the, the nature of water is to attach two things. You, you're attached to the other person. That's the love like water. It's a closeness. And then the fiery love is the madness of a love in which one wants to like break out of where they are and enter and to become one with the other person. That's mainly in the love of a marriage, love of a man and a woman, the love of fire. So in our relationship to Hashem, it's two different, different, different. Uh, our, there, there is a love where one loves Hashem, and it comes from a person's appreciation from all the goodness that Hashem does for him all the time. So when a person meditates on how Hashem is present in my life, and Hashem is doing, you feel close to Him. You always want to talk to Him. You always want to connect to Him. You always want to make Hashem happy. You always be. There is that, that, that closeness. It's not fiery. It's very calm. It's very delicious. It's very supporting. It's very comforting. Kind of a love. You're always, and that's the love of Kohanim. Levim have a different kind of a love with God. They meditate on Hashem's transcendence and how distant they're far. And they, and they want to break out of where they are. They have this tension and they want to, you know, tear off their bodies, so to speak, and allow their souls to, to merge. That's a fiery love. But Kahanim don't, that's not their Inyan. It comes from the side of kindness. Two people, they like each other. And when you love someone, you cause, you cause reciprocating love. You pull his heart. Like the face that you show in water, says like the face you show into the water, that's the same face you're going to see back from the water. So if you show love to someone, you will evoke their love back to you. The same is also with Kohanim. When they love God, they stimulate Hashem's love back. This hamshacha, this draw, that you pull your hearts, your friend's heart to you through you loving him, it's been drawn like water. It's on the side of kindness. It's like water that descends from a high place to a low place. The example of all this, all this will be understood to the one that is wise. Was also by the kahanim. in their yearning of the heart. Ba'ava, in their love. They're pulling God's love down, like water. 
An everlasting love, I love you, Hashem says. That's why I am pulling you with kindness. Just like we have in this oiredus of cleaving, of wanting to attach ourselves from down here to Hashem, it causes Hashem too to reciprocate. Their heart is being drawn with a yearning from down up. From below, kachal derech zeh mamish mamish like that. Himshichu they would draw down oira alva vechesed mulmai lalamata. The love and Hashem's the light of Hashem's love and kindness from above down kemayim upon him. Vezau al came mishachtich. That's why, because you love, that's why you're pulling. Ekiidia gam came bederech hazeh bepidish vahaftas Hashem alekecha. Love God it has two meanings. Vahaftas Hashem alekecha means love God your God. You love Him. Vahaftas Hashem alekecha means Cause Hashem to love. Because when you're loving, you're also causing Hashem to love. Because when you reach out to someone, it causes a reciprocal response. So now, so, so we have to understand, what we have to understand is that Kohanim in the Beis Amigdash, when you went in there and you met the Kohanim, you came into a group of people that really, really, really exhibited, when you looked at them, that these are people who love God. You saw them when they prayed, and when they davened, they, they were really in a different place. They really felt, and it wasn't like wild, but you see that they were like, always basimcha, they're happy, and they're attached. They were always connected. They were able to draw down above in their source, in the right side. Also went to the right side. From the supernal light of kindness, that is in the essence of the emanator, prior to it descending into the attributes. So they draw from that place down into the attributes. Since their shorish of the nisham is from the right side, so their spirit, their wind, it's a pasuk that says a spirit pulls another spirit, an equivalent spirit. as it is known, this was their, their yearning of the heart. That's one job that the Kahanim had. And the second thing is, was in their work. What was their work? Kind of in their avoda of karbonis, mamish, in the literal sense. When they sprinkled blood on the, on the altar, and the like, and all the types of work, that was in the base of Migdosh. So let's understand, why, how is that? Pulling Hashem down. So we need to understand the root of the idea of the karbonos. What's their inyan? Until we should say, that because of this work, because of this work, they draw, they draw down, they drew down from the essence of the emanator into the emanations. What is the connection? Just because they're killing animals and spraying blood and 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 and, 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 and right? What does one have to do with the other? He says it is known there are three levels related to this week's parsha. Akudim, nekudim, ubrudim. In today's chumash, we were learning about them. Akudim means speckled. No, akudim means ankled, rings around the ankle, like it says in today's chumash. Nekudim means spots. Ubrudim means um, stripes, a striped, right? Now, I'm not going to get into it, what it means in this week's parsha. 
but in 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 Arizal in Arizal terminology, Akudim is initial God's light. When all the spheros, when all the attributes, are all still concentrated in one keli, in one vessel, all the attributes are all in one vessel. Then Berudim means and Akudim means when all the attributes manifest each one in their own. But then they're in conflict with each other because they're each one just. Chesed is sharp chesed, gavura is sharp gavura, not tolerating each other. And then a brudim, brudim is olamatikun. What's olamatikun? When you have all the all the all the attributes, but they all they all they all are integrated one with each other. You spoke about this many times. Nikudim is the world of toyo, spots. Toyo is the world of chaos, where there was a lot of clashing. It was a world of extremes. In the, in the next world, the world of Brudim is a world of integration. So, Ubchinas Brudim, Ubchinas Atikun. Brudim is the world of Tikun. And that's what Yaakov was actually doing. When Yaakov was busy with the sheep and doing all this job, he was actually creating the world of Tikun. He's called Baal Olam Atikun. He's, he's the man of the world of Tikun. Esav is the world of Tayu. And Yaakov is the one who. Venekudim Ubchinas Atayu Shalifne Atikun. And Nekudim is um, the world of Tayu that's before the world of Tikun. Like it says, and these are the kings that reigned. Which we know that the power, the world of Tayu precedes the world of Tikkun, and it's very powerful. We do a gamke, and it is also known the reason. The lazeatam comes before Tikkun. That's why Esav is older by birth. Al That's why it says that we are sustained by food. Why are we sustained by animal food? <coughs> A human being is higher than the animal, and the, or why are we sustained by vegetable? It's because these, we spoke about this many times, because animal and vegetable, these are all things that are from the collapsed world of Tayu. They contain within themselves the debris, the broken, the, the, the fallen sparks from the shattered vessels of the world of Tayu. The human neshama, the human being is from the world of Tikkun. So a human being is in a rectified state, but the human being is a very weak entity. In the world of Tayu, things were very intense. We live on the Moitzah Pi Hashem, on the word of God that's in the food. Because the human being comes from the world of Tikkun. And the word of God that's in the food is from the world of Tayu. That's before Tikkun. That's why from it the person can live. And even though a human being is higher than a, than a, than a carrot, in the ten utterances, Hashem created the human being. He's in a higher level. The, the word of God that's in the, in the food, its root is higher than where the human being comes from. In the world of Pi Hashem, in the mouth of God, the human being is higher. But in the Moitzei Pi Hashem, where that mouth comes from, in the original, original, that's where the animal is higher than the person, and the vegetable is higher. Pidish Moitzei Lashem Makar V'Shayrish, Kamay Moitzei where the water comes from. Ki Atayu Mpchenas Makar V'Shayrish, Lepi Hashem Shebetikun. It's a source to the world of Tikun, V'dar Lameh V'Nerez is known. The person is being alive on the, on, the, on the spark of holiness that's in the food that's higher than the person. As we said earlier. 
This we see many times. We find that lowly things like food and drink. We find that when a person eats lowly things, meat, vegetables, and that adds wisdom, it adds knowledge to a person. How can that be? And the answer is, we learned this many times. Like Rav Nachman said, I, can't, I couldn't answer you last night when you asked me that question because I didn't eat any meat yet. And now that I had steak, I can answer you. What does it see? It's not only because he had strength. It's because actually the animal food that he ate brought down its light from where the animal comes from and enlightened Rav Nachman. I didn't drink any wine. Okay, like we also say, that wine and a good scent of something, it opens up the mind, like coffee. It, it, it sometimes, right? I stated elsewhere. So all this is an explanation of why carbonates also have such power. Because what are you doing with the carbon? You're elevating the carbon. You're elevating it back to its root in Tayu. And therefore, when it goes back up to its source in Tayu, it adds more light down into the world of Tikkun. So it therefore increases the light in the spherot, in the attributes, and you create a Yichud. You make peace amongst the attributes because you send the carbon up to Tayu, and from there draw down light. That's why Kohanim were able to do it with two things. With the yearning of their heart, their mamshich more light, they increase the light, and also with the karbana is doing. That's what he's explaining. Which is like um, cows, irim and sheep, or goats, or kvasim and sheep. They stem from the world of tayu. That's before tayu. And when they sprinkled midama par vasoyer from the blood of the ox vasoyer and the goat agabe amizbeach on the altar, ekayotze and the like in a bezois hazois with the sprinkling, hell who oisay adam the koyin was elevating that blood hazet shem inoiga. He's taking, he's picking it up from the klipa because the animal is in the klipa noga and the glowing shell. Da'asiya, the world of asiya. He's picking something up from the lowest point of existence. And he's sending it hurtling into space, higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher throughout all worlds, and eventually breaking out of the entire stratosphere, higher and deeper, going beyond the world of Atsilas, reaching into the world of Nikudim, which is the world of Tayu, that's way, way back then, and from there, drawing that intense energy back down. And that's what it is. Until it's root in the world of Tayu, Bebchenas Nikudim, in the world of Nekudim, or Machmazem, because of this, Nimshach or Yichod Elyon, so this causes the light of the supernal union with an added addition, also into the Tikkun of the supernal man, as we said before. Because you're getting to the source of where the words come out. Just like food, that enlivens a person, as we said earlier. That's why the eating of the mezbeach is compared to the eating of a person. Just like by a human being, we get strength when we eat, so too the mezbeach gets strength when it eats. The two eatings, the eating of the mezbeach and the eating of the person. On the pasach, which we learned that mimer once. Similar mimer. Okay. And this is in general. 
This piece is a very nice piece, very beautiful. On this foundation was founded Kol Prate in Yonaya Karbonis, all the details of the Karbonis. Bechol Prate Dineyam, and all the details of their laws. Kamoi Bekarban Oila, for instance, by a carbon oila, Shetuuna, by a carbon oila, it needs Bez Matanois, two sprinkles, Shehendalad, which are four. Let's say this is the altar, my table over here. When they offered a carbon oila, they gave it two sprinkles. The Kohen stand with the pitcher, he throws the blood on this corner, and then he throws the blood on the opposite corner. It's even though he only gives two gifts, two sprinkles, it's considered as four. Because it lands here, 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 and here. Now other carbonites, he has to go to actual all four corners. Why? It has to do in where he's directing the light. You're going up to the world of Tayyu, how do you pull down the light, where, when, what? That's why the carbonites are different. These are magnificent things that are happening in all these little nuances. That's what we're learning in the morning, if you change this, you change that, it's kosher, puzzle. Because you're messing with big things over here. Um, the the Shebevada, he says, Bakarmachatos, and by Yakarmachatos, you have to make Dalit Matanais. You have to put it on all four corners. Four givings are Dalit Kronis in the four corners. Shebevada Yesh Soit, there definitely is a secret for this. Vitam Echad, there is a reason for all of this. Kifim Mashahu, according to Kamoisha Yesh Kavanas Pratias Bimitzvis, Hanayagas Gamachsha, just like we have specific Kavanot. Specific intentions, mystical intentions that are written in the writings of the Arizal. What you're supposed to have in mind when you're putting on tefillin and what this and what that. So to the Kohanim were huge Kabbalists and they knew all these things. Kamoy tefillin or sukkah, that are known in Priyetzchai. For sure, there is definitely the Prati, Mitzvah Sarkabonis, to the specific, all the Mitzvah Sarkabonis, Kavonis, Fesoides, Alyonim. Very big secrets. Similar to what is stated in Priyetz Chaim, the mitzvahs and mitzvahs that are applicable in these days. In general, he gives, an, he gives an example to that. This idea, what the kavana of sprinkling blood by your carbon was. It is known Let's find in the sprinkles in which they sprinkled on, on Yom Kippur. The way the Kohen Gadol would come inside, he would take the blood of the ox, he would walk into the Kodesh HaKadashim, and the blood of the goat. Remember, he made a, he made a raffle, and one goat came out, Lashem, he took the blood, he goes into the Holy of Holies, and then he sprinkles like this, Achas, one time up, and seven times down. That means, really, up and down means one thing. When he's doing up, his hand is facing this way. It's underhand, throwing the blood upward. Even though it lands on the floor, it's going up. And then the other times he's going in a downward motion. And the way he counts, and the, the Gemara says that he has to count when he does it. And how does he count? He goes, one. And then he dips his finger in again, and he sprinkles, and he says, one and one. Then he sticks his finger in and again, and he says, one and two. Now, even though he's not doing again the one, but he, he's always counting the one because because he doesn't want to, he wants to make sure that besides for the one I did up, I'm doing one down. Besides for the one I did up, I did two down. Because if he misses one sprinkle, the whole kapara is not going to happen. The Jewish people are not going to be forgiven that year. Imagine that. So you got to be really careful. There's no falling asleep over here. There's no, oh, I don't know, I think, did I? Imagine he comes out to the rabbi. There's no monkey business here. You do it right. So that's why he has to make sure. One up, and then he says one up, one down. 
One up, two down. One up, three down. One up, four down. And then the Gemara wants to know why he has to keep on mentioning that one up. And the Gemara keeps on going back and forth with all kinds of reasons. Mamish, it's unbelievable. Till the Gemara comes exactly why he has to do it like this. Okay, fine. Api Kabbalah and Api Chassidus. He has to, of course he has to keep on mentioning the one up. Because the one up is reaching the Kesser. The Ein Sof. From there he has to draw down. One up and one down. The one down is already into the spheros. So one up means into Kesser. One down means into Chachma. He draws the light of Chach, the, the Achas, the Kesser, down into the Chachma. Then he goes Achas Ushtayim, because he's reaching, he, reached, he goes up again into the Kesser. And from there he draws down from Kesser into Shtayim, into two, is Chachma and Bina. Then he does Achas Vishalash. He pulls from the Achas up from the Chachma and the Bina into the da, Chachma, Bina, and Das. So that, see, you see, the real reason why he has to keep on saying the Achas. The achas is the source from where he's pulling, and the, ach, the other ones he's counting is to where he's directing that light. And so we counted achas. Achas vi achas. Achas vishtayim chulu. Shemavua beze inyana kavana. The kavana is le yut sviris tatsilis pechlau. To the ten sviris of atsilis. Achas upchenas akeser. One time, achas, that's keser. It's called achas shekalelas hakol, and includes everything. Then from the keser, emerges the details. Therefore he says, achas v'yachas. Hakavana ala chachma. That means besides the keser, now he's being mamshech, v'achas into chachma. Chachma is also called achas, because chachma is also considered general. It's like a flash, it's a point that has everything that's going to evolve. It also includes everything. Because it's called the beginning. But now we have already, we have two. We have an achas of keser and another achas, the achas of chachma. When he says achas ushtayim, what's the intention? On the keser, the chachma and bina, and chachma and bina now. He's bringing the light down lower. Now he's bringing it down into Chachma and into Bina. So that's why it's called Shtayim. Shenik Rishtayim, Shenik because everything is included in these two. Then when he continues and he explains, one and three, Hakavana ala Keser, back to the Keser. The Achas is always the Keser. The Gimel Rishaynois and the three first ones, which are Chabad. Chachma Bina Das. What does he say? One and four. Das really has two. Because we know Chachma and Bina is in the front of the head. Chachma here, Bina here. And Das is in the back. But Das divides into two. And that's like the tefillin, when you put it back here, has two straps going down because the Das is the source. The Das is the source of the Chesed and Gevura. So it splits into two. So really it's four. That's why Tefillin also has four compartments, four parshias. Chachma, Bina, and Das, which splits the two. So that's Achaz Va'arba, that's one and four. Va'achaz Va'adam, Shadas Meschalot Chesed Gevura, V'nasa Dalad Moichen. Chachma, Bina, Chesed Gevura. B'zah in Zeiram, Pekidu, as it is known. V'ha'keser, Koylem Yachad, and the Keser includes them all, Pekidu, like it is known. V'zeh Yoy Seprotis Bischalko, so this is more specifying it. V'al Derech, Zeh Yisparish Oid Prati Yischalkos Yoy Ser, 
And so you can also continue the Mashakas of Achaz Vachamish, one and five, Achaz Vashesh, one and six, the Dialamaven as you're going down through the other attributes. And in all the details of all carbonis, Bimincha, when they offer a carbon mincha, the chatos and a carbon chatos, the asham and an oila and an asham, the oila and an oila, shlamim and a shlamim. Achklalis in Yenhu, but the general idea is the dafke kohanim, dafke kohanim, mishum de beruusa de liba shalahem ba'ava shalem sheches kamayim. See, the kohanim need to have two things. Just doing the, 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 the physical service wouldn't do it. It's both. It's their love that they have in their heart, and they're pulling Hashem like water. They are also withdrawing. This type of love. That Hashem should descend like water. Therefore, when they were doing their karbonos, they're able to draw down additional light in the ten spheres of Atzilis. In other words, it was their intentions, their love, plus they're doing the work, but the carbon also has it because since the carbon is from the world of Toyu, the carbon is able to go to that place and draw down. Like he's doing with the blood now. He's throwing the blood back up to its source, up to the achas, and from there drawing down. Good. Now we're going to take a little break before we learn Gimel and Dalit. Yeah. We have, we have still enough time tonight, right? No one is tired. Everybody's still wide awake. Okay, everyone. We continue. Okay, so we're holding Siv Gimel. Now, once we understood how the Kahanim increased the light, now we need to understand what the Levites did. So they stand towards the left side. As we said earlier. And the Yeduah B'Zoyar, it is known in the Zoyar, Nikra B'Ticha the Malka. The Levim are called the king's comedians, the, just, the court jesters. Vahatam Yuvon. See, I think I, I fixed it. It says Vahetam, but it has to be Vahatam. Tam Yuvon, Vahagdim in Yenech. Amavua Bezoyar. By first prefacing one thing that is stated in the Zoyar. Aposig Vahavid Halevi, who? Vahavad Halevi. That the Levi, it says, the Levid, Vahavad Halevi, the Levi is going to serve who? He and his children. So the Zoyar says that the Levi works the level of who? The level called who? That's that the Levi has to stimulate. All the work of the Levites, who is to work and to, and to repair or to uh, fix the level of who. Which is the concealed world. Because what does who mean? Who, you say on someone that's not here. You say who, him. 
That means he's not in front of you. Kidu, as it is known. Atta is when someone is revealed. Atta is Alma Desgalia, the revealed world. Abir Advarim, an explanation of the matter is in Etchila Yesh Lahavim, Shayrish Avoides Salavim. What is the root of the service of the Levim? Reusa the Libashalahem, in their yearning of their heart. They also serve with the yearning of the heart. Echshu Behapach Mamadregis Akahana, but it's opposite than the Kohana. Kini Yidu, it is known, Shayesh Beis, Minei Ava, there's two types of love. One of them, Avanim Shach Kamayim, is love that's drawn like water. That's the Kahanim, as we said earlier. And the second one, The other one is like flaming coals. His slavus, like bursts of fire, from down up. Like a, like a furnace, like a fire that is jumping upward. Which is literally opposite than the love of the Kohanim. Just like fire is opposite of water. Fire goes up, and water descends. The love of the Levites was in a manner of, of racing, histalkus and departure. Was there. Their souls were like always departing from their bodies, going away. Kahanan were all about drawing things down, and the Levites were more about like running to run away from everything. My heart is expiring. What? No, there are ain't like like Malach Gavriel. Michael is like channeling Malachim. But there's a quality to this kind of love. It's like the, the, the quality of gold over silver. Silver is beautiful, but it, silver is, looks like water. It's calm. Gold has a certain fire to it, a passion to it, uh, a certain intensity. The, the, the quality of this is that since there is such fire, it rises much higher. As it says in the Pasuk, don't be silent. It's like a raging, for always, the Zayar says, the Zayar says, the lower flame is always leaping towards the higher flame and never is silent. It doesn't calm down. It ascends upwards. There's no limit of how high it goes. Higher and deeper and up. Don't be silent. And don't, 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 don't quiet down. The main reason why it goes up without a limit up. Because he's going to say it begins with the mental. This is an emotion. It's like it's fiery, pulling up. It's 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 leaping upward. But why? It's because the meditation that brings to it is also a meditation of transcendence. We said earlier the Kohanim, they're meditating on how present Hashem is, how involved, how good, how He takes care of me. So you feel close to Him. You're not yearning. You're yearning. You like the closest. You don't want Him to go away. But it's a calmness. The Levi's meditation is how far Hashem is. How. No matter what we experience, we're experiencing nothing. So the Levi is meditating on how Hashem is removed. And when she feels Hashem is removed, it creates a thirst and a longing, and one that makes you want to break away from your vessels that are holding you contained and not allowing you to attach yourself to that which is transcendent, that which is above. So also the contemplation that creates the love is Kirish Sazois, is like this flaming. Flaming fire who has bind in us. What is he contemplating? 
in the exaltedness of the Oren Soif. How Hashem is to Himself. He's way beyond all the worlds and all the progressions of worlds. Higher and higher. Above and above and above. And no matter how high we think we grasp something, He's beyond that. And this, on this foundation is the main is binding us, is to contemplate on this. That's Gevura. So what's Gevura? Gevura is, the Chesed is your, the, what you let yourself down to be close to others. Gevura is your private. You return back into yourself. So what are we contemplating on Hashem's seclusion? On Hashem being above everything, not involved. Not Chesedig. It's Gevura. How Hashem records... How Hashem recoils into Himself, and no one, no one knows Him. How the Eibushter is in a state of departure, and, and, and absorption into Himself. The opposite of the descent, and flowing down. But on the contrary, because He's not able to contract Himself, because He's so whoa. To the point where even the highest peaks of the of, of, of the worlds, of the whole chain like even the first link in the chain, the highest world, like the Makifim around Adam Kadmon. Adam Kadmon is the primordial man that's like the first level higher than way above Kesser. Right? You got all the Ishtalshalus in one point and one snapshot. The Igulim of that, the Makifim of that, that's like even that doesn't capture the Ein Soif. They too can't contain God. The heavens and the heavens of heavens cannot contain you. Can't serve as a keli for you. To be even a keli to him. Because every keli means it's magbil. A keli makes limit. To the essence of the Ein Soif. That his greatness is unfathomable. Anything that is a keli, a keli has already some fathom. A keli you can fathom. Obviously, we can't we can't fathom every keli, but a, a, a keli is within the realm of fathomability. But God is unfathomable. Well, the yois kein, and therefore gamashim mepchenes gevuda salalu yishar einoyale ezerishima ba'alma. So they connecting to this. They're, they're, they're imagining, they're, they're meditating on this transcendence. So even when there is a little light coming from this, from God, what comes down from this place? Only external, external light. Because the, you see, on the right side, Hashem is descending. But on the left side, He's recoiling. So now, it doesn't mean that on the left side, there's no hamshacha, there's no energy flowing. There is an energy flow on the left. But it, it's a very short, it goes very little. First of all, it's very external, and it goes only very short. On the right side, it says it's chad aruch, it's long. It reaches down, down, down. On the left side, there is a little hamshacha, but very minimal. And it's only the chitzainius. And therefore, what is he allowed to come out from himself? Only the most external vadaila maybe. It's like what we know the difference between an extrovert and an introvert. An extrovert is a person that everything they know they spill out to everybody. 
An introvert is someone who's very private. They don't like to be with people. Everything is alone. They've been secluded. And when you meet them and you say a couple of words from them, you're only getting, they're very, they don't share much of their inner personality. They're only giving like the most, they're not opening up. They keep closed. because And this is what the left side is. It's the closed side of God. But that's why it creates fire by the recipient. Because those that are on that side are very curious. I'm, I know I'm not getting you. You realize when you're in a relation with someone and you're curious to know what they're all about, but they're not telling you? And you're getting something, but you're not getting it all? So what does that create? Your curiosity. If you have someone who tells you everything all the time and everything they're spilling, everything this, it's, you lose interest. Because they know everything already. Right? It's when, you, it's when there's a mystery about the person. And that's why the Levium are so... The Levium are so crazy. There's, I mean, in that sense, in that wildness of wanting, because the Abishter is so private on the left side. And they're on the left side. So that's why they're always... So, what are the, so what's their avoida? Their avoida is to, to engage Hashem. They realize Hashem is so private and so unknown and so inaccessible. So they want to they want to gest they want to be the court gesture. What's the job of the of the of the comedian in the palace? Is to take the king out of his out of his introvertedness, to take the king out of his private state, and to get him to open up and to be free and be involved. That's what the jester is supposed to do. He's supposed to do funny things and to pull the king out of his shell. So that's what the Levian need to do because on their side there is such seclusion, so they want to pull. That's why they're into singing and all that is to get the king. To draw down a and to cause a flow because there is such concealment on their side. Because there's such concealment, they should reveal himself a little more. On the right side, the Kohanim don't need to do it. The Kohanim have like a cool friendship with the Ebishter. They love him and God is there immediately. Because on the right, Hashem is very immediately accessible. So they don't have to like do this intense singing and to pull Hashem down, because on the right side he flows. But on the left side, there's so where the Leviim are, in the world where the Leviim are hanging out, there is no revelation. He's higher and beyond and beyond. So on the one hand, the Leviim have yearning like the Kohanim don't have. But on the other, so what, but what do they have to do? They have to work hard to bring Hashem's light down into the left. Who? The Levi has to work the hidden. Who means him? He has to work the him, that the him should not be him, the him should become you, should be more revealed. is to draw forth from the concealment of the essence. And this concealment is called who? Because Nistar is he's concealed in his essence. Because he's been elevated higher and higher and higher. And that's the meaning of the Pasuk. The Pasuk is Gavaldi. The Pasuk says, His greatness is unfathomable. Which he quoted earlier to mean that God is unknown. He's even, even from... The Igulim of Adam Kadmon, even from the Makif of Adam Kadmon, Hashem transcends that also. But then we say another Pasik, ain Mispar, to his understanding there is no number. What does that mean? There is no number to his understanding. And the answer is like this. Since it says his greatness is unfathomable, 
The Abishter is so private, so high, so unknown, so infinite, so undefinable, so un- unreachable. He's higher than any tzimtzum in a vessel. He's higher than any container. But you want to make him reveal himself. We do need to get him to reveal. Oh, to get him to reveal himself, you got to prepare a lot of vessels. Oh, he's be'etzem, private and secluded. So you got it, you got it, you got it. It's like you have to make an effort to prepare him. So you have to make many kalim, and that's the meaning of already is already the vessels. Since you're trying to get that which is so secluded and so high and so infinite, so beyond vessels, so if you want to pull that down, you have to have infinite vessels, infinite containers. That's like a very, very great wise man. According to the exaltedness of his mind, he needs to have more vessels for his chachma. Since he's such a brilliant mind, he will have all kinds, so many different ideas. So from the unfathomability becomes lutfalasa ein misbar. So these two psukim are a match. Lutfalasa ein cheker means how God is, or without a keli, no kelim. Lutfalasa ein misbar is because he has no kelim. If you want to draw him down, you got to prepare a gazillion kelim because he's he's so untakeable. Ein misbar without a number. Good. So this is what they have to do, but how do they do it? How did the Leviim accomplish that? See, Kahanim have no problem accomplishing that because they're lechatchila in the side. They start off in the side of kindness, where the flow is much easier. But on the side of the Leviim, how do they affect the opposite? How do they get this concealment to become revealed? Since there is pilus is the opposite. Sharehu more than that. And what's the, he's asking a question like this. Their avoida of the Levium is in a manner of transcendence themselves. They're, they're seeking to break out of their own vessel. The Levium are yearning, they're burning up, they want to like they their souls are almost leaving their body. That's what's happening to the Levium. They're almost expiring. So since their avoida is in a manner of expiration. So how can they cause, and what does expiration mean? That the light is going outside of the vessel. So what, are they, what should they cause in the source? The same thing. They should cause Hashem's light to go out of the vessel, not in. How do we compare their love? Not like water, which its nature is to go down into vessels. But we compare it to fire, which its nature is to run out of a vessel. That's why they pour wine. What does the wine do? When the Levium sang, they also would pour wine. What does wine do? Wine causes one to, to open up. A person that's very private, what happens? How do you get them to open up? Give them a couple of shots of alcohol. And what does that do? It takes that 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 um, 
that contraction, contraction that they have around them, that very protective thing that they protect themselves and they remain very hidden, it loosens it up and it allows them to come out. And that's why the Levim, to get, they were always the wine pourers because they're giving, they're serving Hashem wine, causing Hashem, so to speak, to come from his secluded state. But that, that's why it says, Echdalti yesteroishi hamesameach elokim. I, I, I brought my wine, I don't know exactly what the word hechdalti is, hamasameach elokim, that brings simcha to elokim. Elokim is contraction, hiding, secluding. Sameach elokim is when you bring joy to elokim, you, you, you're countering the elokim, you're countering the tzimtzum. You're fighting the tzimtzum, and therefore causing more openness. Apirish elokim, yeduashu b'chenasat tzimtzum, that's the tzimtzum. These are the five powers of Gevuris of the name of Elokim, which is five letters of the name of Elokim, which are the five powers. Hametzamtzim, that makes contraction, Kiddu as it is known. Viyayin vitirosh, and wine, and old wine, Hametzamech Elokim, that brings joy to Hashem. Huinyim b'chenes hamtakas ha-Gevuris, you have to sweeten the judgments. Teshem Elokim, al yedei ayayin, through the wine, shoyim enaschem agabe ha-Mezbeach, that they poured on the Mezbeach, b'shir ha-Leviyim, when the Leviyim were singing. Explanation of the matter is, understand what the wine does and what the joy does. The Levian, they were on the Levi side, that's where there was joy. Kahanim's service was more a service of pleasure. The Levian's service was more a service of joy. Levian are rooted in Bina. Right? Bina, Gavura, Hod. Bina, it says, Eim habanim smecha. The mother of the children is joyous. So the place of joy is in Bina. Um, explain, what is, what is simcha? simcha When a person is joyous, what does that mean? You're opening up. That's what joy is. Joy is a time when you're opening. Because the king, His entire glory is in, in his inner chamber. He never goes out. But when he's happy, when he has a time of joy, if a wedding, for instance, he's gala l'chutz, b'chutz l'enkoil. That's when he reveals himself. Ki asimcha mevi nefesh, joy causes, the joy opens up the contraction and it causes expansion. That's what joy does. Min p'chenas ha'elem shalofam, it's concealment of the gili to a revelation kidu as it is known. V'hine, and we know, ain't simcha ela b'yayin. It says there's no simcha only with wine. Wine is what, you got to have alcohol for that. Wine brings the simcha in a person. It opens the person up. From the conceal. As it is known, what the sages say, when wine goes in, the secrets spill. That wine brings... It brings joy to Elohim, Pirish. This is what sweetens the judgments of the name of Elohim. I know. The song is part of it. When a person sings, we know when we sing by davening, when you daven and you sing, it, it suddenly you can feel much more emotion than when you're davening without song. Why did Hasidim always sing by davening? Because song opens you up. As you sing in Migan, suddenly you're in touch with emotions and feelings that are usually buried in your, in your super self or in your subconscious. And when you're singing a song, it pulls it out. It reveals you. It opens you up. The same like wine. So wine and song go together. 
That's what Hasidim do by Fabrengans. They sing and they say Lachayim. They tell a story. And they sing, say Lachayim. That shira goes together with wine. In the, in the cause of these two things, the wine and the song, it is now sweetened the judgments of the name of Elohim, for whom and this is of the reason. Even though the gevuris of the name of Elohim is contracted, the stalkus oil causing the light to depart. Kinnisko, as we said earlier, until it doesn't remain. Only a little bit, very little bit is revealed, but most of it remains private and inward. The wine and the song, they bring joy to Elohim. They sweeten it. Till it comes from its concealed to its revealed. And that is through the simcha. It reveals, it opens one up, as we, as we said earlier. You gotta sing. He says, so beautiful. What's Nagina? This is a mimer that talks about Hasidish and Naguna. Look over here, Ashir, what's the song in Yanei who prenas The whole idea of a song is, song has it always, a song is only, the, a song is only enjoyable when it's mixed of different types of, of expressions. A song has to have different expressions. An expression of yearning, an expression of, of, of calming. An expression of pain, an expression of happiness. You see, a song is powerful when it takes you through a bunch of emotions. And here it evokes this, and then it switches, and then it like it. So it 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 it. it. The main sweetness varivus lenefesh, and the, what the soul likes of a nigan manigan elokushu kolul mebeis tenuos. And it has to have two two tenuos hafchi and two opposites. Pchenas rotsai, you're racing, you're yearning towards something. Pchenas shavin, you're calming down. It's the idea of joy and bitterness. Yachad, memuzag, blended well, bemezeg nachain, in an appropriate, um, in an appropriate um, mixture. Balance on them. If the song is not so well balanced, it only has like a one, one mode, of joy, or the opposite. Any art of the nefesh, it's not so sweet. If it's one simple sound, there is no, there's no sweetness to it at all. But when it is mixed together with different sounds and different instruments and different and different movements, the of excitement and pulling back, in different ways. This is what sweetens the soul. And what it does is, it opens you up. Light and joy, as we see literally. So this will all be understood above, similar to this. The main song of the Leviyam, Alayayan on wine. When they sang, they evoked the. Because what is the problem with the side of the Leviyam? Everything is very, inc- every, everything is very inclusive. Everything is very private. 
So when they're singing songs that it cause an expression of inwardness and outwardness, inwardness and outwardness, it, it gets to that place and it causes, it frees up the tension, the tzimtzum, and it allows a relaxation and it allows it to open up. Uh, and they're singing and they had harmony. The Levim sang beautifully. They had different musical instruments and they had harmonies and different, and each one was expressing different nuances. As they sang, from the concealed to the revealed, until the Elohim becomes happy, and it causes all sweetening, all of the Gevuris. As we said earlier, and the idea of Ovedalevi. This is, was their main service. First they experienced longing and fiery passion. And then returning down. That's the two, they, the Leviyam are rooted in, in Bina. But in Bina there is the Chasadim of Bina. It's called Chasadim de Ema. And there is Gevurais de Ema. So really, where are they rooted in the Gevurais of Ema, the Leviyam? That's why they're mainly served, their, their nature is to want to depart their body. But then they temper it with the song, and what does the song do them? It mixes the Gevurais of Abba, sorry, the Gevurais of Ema, the Gevurais of Bina, with the Chasadim of, of Bina. Chesed of, Chesed of Bina is the down, the, the, the kindness of it, the... the, the, the and, and, and through this and through their musical instruments. And here too, they have the longing of their heart and in their actions. What were their actions? The music that they play. As explained earlier by the Kahana. The Levium needed to go to school. And they needed to learn the various different types of songs. They didn't sing just songs. They didn't just go make up a song. Their singing were all, it's amazing. You know what he's saying over here? He's saying wild stuff. He's saying that their singing was The heads of the families, of the music schools, of the Levium, didn't just make a song. They made songs that were, that were, that were, um, um, Aligned with, or we're connecting to, the supernal, the supernal worlds above, and to see how they can draw the light down from its hidden state into the revealed, into the various different places, wherever they needed sweetening of judgments, that's where they directed the song. When they can feel a knot that something was knotted, they directed the song to that place to loosen that knot. So, like Haman and his four sons, they were children of Korach. They were all Levites. They should know based on Ruach HaKodesh, how to sweeten the judgments. In various different ways. When they decided that they're going to have in this song, they're going to have the flutes playing and the violin, and a little bit, the cello, and a little bit of that, this wasn't just like this. And for other songs, they used other instruments. It wasn't just to make nice music. They knew which songs and which instruments are needed to sweeten the judgments that are there that day, and in that place. It should be the sweetness of 
That's why they're called the court jesters. Because they're there to bring the king into a... They're bringing from above from the concealment of to a revealed state. It's like the jester. He brings the king to a state of delight and joy. And that's why the root of their source is in the left side. Bina gavura hoid. Because they're mainly Ratsai, racing upwards. That's their level. But their main avoida was to do opposite of what their level is. To draw down. From the concealed, in the left side. Which is the idea of sweetening the judgments. It's all about music. The part that's all about me. Similar to Kahanim that we mentioned. We're holding Sif Dalit. It's all good, because Sif Dalit is the last Sif. What I'm not telling you is that the Sif Dalit has four pages on it, but it's the last Sif, the last Perak. We'll understand the general of the Maimer now, David. Now we'll understand why David Amelech came and changed the king's jesters. He put in the Kahanim to stand in their place. Like it says, and your Hasidim will sing. At the time when David said, It's time, God, for you to get up to your rest place. It's only now when he's inviting Hashem down to be present in the world. Because what does it mean that Hashem is coming down to rest? We explained earlier. In the there wasn't any more a war. Because there was so much light. Everything that was against godliness automatically fell apart. Was destroyed. Now the Mishkan didn't have an advantage. What did the Mishkan have? The Mishkan was made up of tapestry, tapestries. Tcheles, blue wool, agaman, purple wool. It was very beautiful. It was built from stones and dirt. There's a very big difference between domain inanimate, like stone, to Plants, which they were made out of tzomeach, in addition to that, these that were in the Mishkan, the tapestries that were in the Mishkan, they were all reflecting the supernal things above. In all kinds of colors, those colors, everything was reflecting the supernal worlds, and the supernal colors. The midas al yoyne, the supernal attributes, datsilas. Shut cheles, blue wool, agama, purple wool, sheish, marja, twisted linen, chulu. Kimavur and yana bezoar, as the Zohar explains what they are. Mashenke be mikdash, lo hayukal ele. The mikdash didn't have all of this. Vahakalumetamanal, it's all because of the reason we said before. The bemidbar, when does the king have to show off all of his splendor? The bemidbar hayat sarach lamochama. In the midbar, the king had to go out to war. He needed all these lights through all colors to be like 
You don't need to impress. You're not out to war. They didn't need this. But that doesn't explain, okay, you don't need it. But why Dafka make it out of stone? Why do they build the Mizam English with something that's so lowly? From that which is the lowest. Which is the doimim, kavanim, va'afra, like stones and earth. And the idea will be understood. He's going to say the reason why the Beis Hamikdash, the the God came down into stone, was because the it was coming from a very high place, and the higher something comes from, the lower the lower it can go. In the Mishkan, the the the, the, the revelations were from not so high, but in the Beis Hamikdash, it was from a higher place. They didn't have that in the Mishkan. It's from the most private place of the essence of God. See, in the Mishkan, God was revealing the supernal attributes was being revealed, but not God as He is completely concealed. That's why it was all colorful. It was all showing all the attributes. The Mishkan Midrash was much more simple because it was reflecting the simplicity of the Ein Sof. It had simple stones. But also, Hashem can manifest in stones, Dafka, because they're the lowest, because it was the highest of the high connects to the lowest of the low. When the light is revealing itself from such a high place, everything becomes unified. As we said earlier, that's why he can lower himself down so much. Until he will dwell in the in inanimate ka'afra like earth, ukavanim and like stones. Gamke. Like it is known the, the rule. Whatever is higher, higher. Is able to lower itself down, lower and lower. Where do we find that idea? It says by Egypt, God says, I came and not an angel. Why couldn't Hashem send an angel? We say it in the Agadosh al Pesach. Me and not an angel. Me and why couldn't God? Why couldn't the angel come? And the answer is because an angel could not come down to Mitzrayim. If he would go down to Mitzrayim, he would become corrupted. Couldn't they? Couldn't handle. Only Hashem, who is so high, can go down to Mitzrayim and not be affected. Because the exaltedness of the light of the essence, Kam Mem Shari Tuma, also the forty-nine gates of impurity, the Mitzrayim of Mitzrayim, Kalachashiv is considered like nothing. Like it says, the darkness is equal to light. And even darkness doesn't make it dark to him. But that's only in front of God Himself. Darkness is like light. Because he's so separated from the entire progression. So everything is equal. As we said earlier. That was the reason why he also dwelled in stones. Even though it's so low. Because compared to him himself, to God himself, the human isn't any closer than the stone. They're all equal. Because the entire Seder is all, is all nothing. So therefore, why should he take anything else but stone? What's the difference? It's all the same. 
And that's why the building of the base Amidash is called a resting place. It's called a resting place because God Himself is resting. In the Mishkan, it was projections of God. So it's not resting. The resting is when He Himself is there. And when He Himself is there, it's also resting because only when God Himself is there that you don't have to fight wars. The projection of Hashem's light is not, is not like a powerful magnet. It's not, it's not changing everything. But when you have Hashem Himself there, which is in the stones, then it's calm because that no one can resist. It pulls everyone. Because the, ra- the, ra- the radiance that can come down even in the low is because the because it's coming from a place where light and darkness is the same. Then there's no war. In order to change darkness to light because the darkness and the light are equal. He's saying something very deep. There's no conflict between light and darkness because everything is not, is not before him. So the, 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 the lowest becomes light, gets switched over into light because darkness and light are equal. And this is what the Zohar means. When he was inviting God to rest, to rest, he went and he switched the king's jesters. From the Levites to the Kahanim. Like it says, your Hasidim, which are Kahanim, which come from Chesed, they will sing. Even though the Levim are always the ones who sing for all generations, all future generations. That's the way it is done for all time. At that time, knew that he needs something special. As he was preparing this place of dwelling, get up, God, to your rest place. The intention is that what Shloimer was going to build. Why? He needed to draw down to the building of Shloyma, he needs to get down to the stones. And you have, in order to get down into stones, you have to be mamshech from a very high place to a very low place. From the essence of the Oren Soif. The Yeduat is known. In order to get a hamshacha from a very high place and a very exalted place, so you have to elevate also the, the going up to that place also has to be from a high level. Even though the revealing of the concealed in the Mishkan was through the Levium, Kanal Bapirish Vavad Alevi, as we said earlier, Metamanel, as we said before, Avobakan, but over here, Shepchinas Ahelem, Uyoiser Elian, this is even a more concealed place. You need entities, people that are higher in source than the Levium, to be able to draw down from such a high place. That's a little bit hard to understand. Because based on what we said earlier, the Levium are able to go higher because they're so going away from the vessel. 
So they seem to be able to go higher into the privacy of the Ein Sof. Here he's saying, because it's so private and so high, the Levium won't work. You need the Kohanim who are rooted in a higher place. Kikava Yemen, but he gives an answer. He says, because the right side, Chach Machesed Netzach, is higher than the left side. Who Yoiser Gavaya is higher Mikava Smar than the left side. Bina Gavura Hoid. Kiyidu, as it is known, Ta'achachma Nikra Ayin. How do you know that Chachma is higher than Bina? Chachma is on the right side, Bina is on the left. Chachma is considered nothingness, and Bina is considered Yesh. Now, Yesh is much, it's much lower than Ayin. Because Yesh means something is already defined. Ayin means it's still in its undefined. No, right? But Bina Nikra Yesh, and Yesh is much lower than Chachma. And the Kohanim come from Chachma. He switched the jesters of the king. When the Kohanim will be the jesters of the king in the service of the Levites, they will draw down even from a higher concealment. Then it is known. Lama hakahanim shorshem bechachma dafka. Why dafka is the kahanim shorshem chachma? Vegam ech yitachin. How is it possible? Sheyachlifu avedasim. They should switch their work. Ba'avoda ha'hafchi yishal alavim to do an opposite kind of work of the levim. Kenal sheavoda se kahanim einayelam almayla lamata. The avoda of the kahanim is from up down. Va'avoda se levim lamata lamayla. And the service of the levim is from down up. So how can they do? How can they switch and do a different kind of a work? How can the kahanim sweeten the judgments? And that's the whole point that it shouldn't be clamped shut. It should open up. They're rooted only from kindness. Can this go as we said earlier? One, two, three, full pages. I'm, my eyes are closing on me. Problem is that if I learn next week, here's my problem. I'll tell you what the problem is. If we learn next week, I'm going to come in and I'm going to give a two-hour introduction on to, to get the people that are here to where we're holding. I am going to do that. So what I'm going to happen is that's going to end up being a whole drag on, on what we learned this week. The other option is to have a serious nefesh and to learn another hour and to finish it now. Our eyes are closing. So what do we do? So Naeem is tired, so she's voting that we should just cut it, go back next week. I know that. I don't know if that's the, the correct thing now. Yeah. Eh, it's not going to work. But it's not fair. It's not fair to the people. Okay, that's for sure we have to finish the mimer.
I just don't have the kayak to finish it now. I'm just, I'm, but I am afraid if I do it now, I'm not going to explain the juicy parts over here. Because I'm just going to be zooming through it. That's no good. Okay. I'm going to have to finish this. Maybe I'll finish it on Tuesday, not on Thursday. I'm not saying. I'm saying maybe. <laughs> 